for this week's icebreaker, what is your favorite? Are you, wait, hold on. This week's icebreaker? Really, Ella? Well, You're serious. Well, I always do this. This is my thing. Yeah, okay, we always do this, but like, we just broke nine laws. We're on the run, Ella. I mean, that's, come on. Godot almost killed Leo. And it turns out his old partner, Curvis, might have been my fucking godfather. We just stole a bunch of weird, maybe magical items from an underground bunker. And oh yeah, the government is framing us for an attack we tried to stop. And your dad is cool with it for some reason. That's a lot of assumptions. And you want to do an icebreaker. Uh, sometimes you need some normalcy. I, I know it's crazy. Hamlin and Alder Future are trying to frame us for a war crime they committed. That was pretty fucked up, huh? That's pretty fucked up. Welcome to the Tales of Kana. Past a couple of guards along the way, but with Addie's help, you stick to the shadows and make your way into a small home not too far from the scout observatory. As she shuts the door behind you, she lights a candle, and you're sitting in a small, modest room for one, a home for one, I should say. Kitchenette over on one side, there is a cozy looking bedroom just beyond the main living area, uh, a hearth with embers dying out, which she quickly stokes to kind of light up again. She turns and walks directly toward her room, stops and looks back over her shoulder and clutching her side, gestures to her wounds and says, I really need to tend to this. I'll give me five minutes. I'll be right back. She like tries to close the door walker goes, ah, I don't think we trust you that much yet. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Line of sight. Hey, nothing you haven't seen before, right? I mean, I'm fine. I don't know if F's actually ever seen anything like that. She takes off her cloak and <laughs> starts running water and getting into her tub and says, Ottoman, if you don't. And she winks at you. <gasps> Gasps audibly. <laughs> I think pearls manifest on F's neck as he grasps <laughs> clutches them. Clutch them. <laughs> You've running water? I'm more shocked by the water than anything else. Hold, hold on. F, you have running water. I want to make it very clear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the future's... I mean, you know. Okay. All right. This shouldn't be a surprise to you. <laughs> like, I thought only we had that. <laughs> F was bullied inside of, <laughs> inside of the future very clearly. I assumed that you had clean running water in your establishment. But I was using the still stuff, you know? Like... I got the crappy tubs. I got the leftover tub that four people had went through. It's not modern infrastructure, but it's, it's you know, it's there. usable. No one showed me that the water ran until now. <laughs> Hand waving. All right. Um, keeping kind of a close ear on Addie in the next room. The four of you are sitting with your booty, as it were. You know that time is of the essence Whatever the future has planned, whatever the council, I should say, has planned, and whatever Tamlin is individually planning to do with all of the heirlooms, you're some of the only people that have all of this information. 
what would you like to do? I I don't know about you guys, but I think we should go try to find Godot. I agree. I think there's a conversation to be had here, and I think Godot would be someone we could openly talk to about it. At the very least, it's not a direct line to the council and going away forever. At best, it's an ally and a recruiting tool. While we're talking, Walker's kind of fiddling with the with the case, trying to get him open. While you're doing that, I kind of open my eyes wide. I look at the box, and then I look at Eddie, and then I look at the box, <laughs> and then I look at Eddie. Um, trying to give you the idea, like, do we do this in front of someone that doesn't know we have glowing blue heirlooms? I'm like, we already are guilty with air quotes of this. We can't keep bringing these boxes around. Like, if we can open them up and take whatever's inside of them, that's going to be way easier than moving around with four giant crates. You know, the other part is Addie is vulnerable in the bathroom right now. So, like, if we had to, we could absolutely kill her in the tub. And I wouldn't blink an eye. I wouldn't waste a second breath at choking her out myself. You know... That's plan B. (laughs) It's like plan C, guys, but like maybe. We really got to work on this, dude. Yeah, I'm like, that's plan B. (laughs) I'm saying there's a whole plan before that. Is that bad? I mean, fine. Like, all I'm saying is, is like, I think we can trust her so far as we could also kill her. (laughs) I love that saying. Yeah, Yeah, we can trust her as far as we could kill her. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good turn of phrase. All right, Addy. And I try and break the box open and I go showed us yours, it's only fair we show you ours, and I take whatever's in there. And so you give up <laughs> our biggest secret? It was secret? just a joke. <laughs> no. I mean, I think our biggest secret is that we came out of a hidden bookshelf and with a bunch of cases. And she saw that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm saying, like, she already knows that no. we were... <laughs> Once again, all, all, I'm, all, all I'm saying is, like, if we have to, we could... No we could killing! Get, well... But I say well, that really quiet. No killing. No killing first. Yeah, no killing as a first plan. But second, <laughs> Ella's very in her head like, why am I why am I with these people? <laughs> what what is sticking me here? <laughs> these are murder monsters. <laughs> we're not saying we want to kill her. We're just saying we could if we needed to. But like we will if we have to as well. But we're not gonna have to because of the implication. But we might. Some murder hobo campaign. I just didn't know it. <laughs> or, like, I don't think it's murder hobo. We need to say if someone tries to betray us, we'll we uh-huh. do what we have to do. Yeah, you're right. I'm just gonna go ahead and hand Ella one of the like imbued rocks. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Throw it at him if you want. I've got I've got more. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, if she tries to run, <laughs> she probably have those. All right. So, are you guys opening these boxes or not? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay, Walker, go ahead and roll a D100. 84. All right, so you find inside the box a glass orb. A glass orb? Mm -hmm. Wrapped in a old, tattered cloth that maybe once was something like velour or velvet, but has long since kind of rubbed away to just be kind of a coarse cloth that's wrapped around it. Give me an arcana check. 16. As you're holding it, you feel that vibration that you felt before when you held that rough piece of this mineral that you carved. 
You can sense that this is not entirely made of the same material, but it is clearly imbued with it. And as you hold it in your hand, you just get a sensation, like an urge to grip it tightly. Do you follow that urge? Yes. There's like a moment, like an illusion almost. It happens so quickly that if you weren't completely focused on it happening in front of you, you might've missed it. But it's almost like all the light in the room gets sucked into this orb, but it doesn't put out the lights. It's like, it just gets trapped in there. And now when you're looking in, you can almost, not quite, it's like looking into film. Like if you've ever tried to look into like a, a piece of film and see what was printed on it, it's like looking at that. I'll squeeze it again. <laughs> <laughs> the picture changes and it just changes a little bit. Like what you see in there, it's like a distorted version of what you can see in the real world. Um, only it gets updated as you squeeze it. It's like it captures the light again. And this time it may be if Leo was moving across the room, his position changes in the orb. I got a camera. A what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Uh, F. Hold up, hold up your hand. I hold up both hands. I squeeze it again. And yeah, again, very distorted. You can't see it very clearly, but you do see that there's that change as you squeeze it, like the light is captured again. All right. Now we just have to figure out how to look at it, I guess. I'll go kind of hold it up to a light and try and like mm -hmm. look through it with the light shining through it. It has like the effect that you'd kind of hope for that like it shines through to try to give you more clarity of what's inside. But again, it's as if the real world is wrapped in a little sphere. And so it's like impossible to see it all inside there. You can tell that there's information in detail, but it would be very difficult to make it out. If you didn't already know it was in there, it'd be very difficult for anyone else to really. It's kind of like an apple that you, you squeeze <laughs> and then. Uh, it who wants to go next? <laughs> I'll go. All right, give me that D100. 76. All right, you crack open your box, which is actually pretty small. Um, and on the inside is what looks like a flute. It has like a small um, windpipe on one side with like a little carving uh, indentation and like a wind, like where the wind passes through. How do you describe a fucking flute? It looks like a flute. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it's pretty. Okay, let me, put, let me do it this way. Instrument, holes on top. <laughs> it is an instrument of some kind, uh, clearly a wind instrument. Um, it's small. Um, it's old. All of these are really, really old. They're, they're described as heirlooms for a reason. These belong to people. They were cherished by people, families, passed on. Um, I'm super into it. Maybe this was even just a trinket that was sold and somebody stuffed in a drawer somewhere, but for whatever reason, it survived the first wave and the second wave, and now it's here in your hand. And it's even got like maybe some like engravings in a language you don't necessarily understand, like on the underside. It could be an inscription as a gift to someone. I wrote, weird flute with tassels. Inscribed? Question mark? <laughs> so... Um, carved on the top side of the flute is like a little symbol of two hands. Get a friendly little handshake. Uh, I blow into it. I can't. Shit. All you have to do is you have to whistle through it like this. You can do it. Am I able to? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Unless you don't think you'd be able to, you tell me. I don't know. I have no idea what my internals are like. 
think you push air. Yeah, I can push air out. Sure. Regardless, like even a speaker pushes do you, air. Do you want to let the dice decide? What do you want to do? Let's let the dice decide. Jeez. Okay. I'm always down for letting the dice decide. R- roll for roll for whistling, which uh, just a straight d20. 15. Yeah. I can whistle. It works. <laughs> your, your friends all hear a, a soft, fluttering woodwind sound, just like... It's almost as if it's making two tones at once, creating some sort of harmony. Any effect other than that just sounds nice. That's it. Who wants to go next? I will go. 94. You find inside your crate as you break it open a set of amulets. There's a bird carved on each one, and... The bird is somewhat like anthropomorphic and it's got like a feather up to like its beak and its mouth is open as if to like call or sing a song. Roll an arcana check for me. 17. Are you holding the amulets or do you leave them in the box? Uh, I would probably pick up one to get a closer look. As you're holding it in your hand, you feel a sense of connection to it and it's replaced by like a sense of kind of like a yearning like a connection that's not made on the other end. But it's not reciprocated? Yeah, it's not reciprocated. Are they both the same bird or two different birds? They're like mirrored. Okay. Maybe they're a little bit different. Um, I'm picturing one like a like a sapphire blue and one like a magenta. Are you holding the blue or are you holding the magenta? Uh, magenta. All right, so that leaves F. I got a 15. There are a pair of eyeglasses in there, just a single set. They have simple wire frames. They aren't extremely ornate. The metal is tarnished. It's old. Maybe even hammered out of something soft like pewter or something like that, right? Like Soft. Like a very pliable metal mm-hmm. holding a set of lenses. They don't have like a bridge piece and they don't have an earpiece. Well, I think the first thing I do is I pick them up and I put them on, try to look through. Give me an arcane check. All right. Daddy dice roller. Oh, it fucked me up. I got a three. You can't see shit through them. Like, like it, it's weird. It, it, like, distorts everything in this very strange way, almost like you're looking down a mirror. Can I cast Detect Magic? Um, they are magical. <laughs> I don't know a Mother, school of magic. Motherfuck. Good call. <laughs> um, I don't even know, like, how schools of magic, like, in this world really, like, affect anything. Yeah, that's fair. Is there anything that I gain from casting Detect Magic? Yeah, let's see. Let's be practical about it. It drives you crazy, makes your head hurt a little bit, makes you dizzy, and you pull it off. And then you realize that they're not entirely connected in the middle, that they, like, come unhooked, right? And you realize, oh, I could wear it as a monocle. And you feel almost as if you're pulling them apart from one another, but they're still connected. Interesting. You put one up to your eye and realize that you can see through the other one. Mm. Can I also... um, Pick up the other bird that's in Nella's box and just, like, talk into it. I want to, like, talk at the bird. Um, the blue bird, not the magenta bird. What are you thinking as you're doing this? I'm thinking that I just got this, like, paired connection thing, and I'm noticing this other pair to why see if they, they function my stone? at all similarly. They literally have their own thing. To take it. Why are I you just taking my thing? To... <gasps> that's the whole thing. Ella, you're holding the other one, so, you, you know, you hear F's thoughts. I flinch and drop it, like... <laughs> <laughs> Kind of sees we know. Kind of sees we know. <laughs> Just marching in the back of my brain. May I ask a question about all of these items? Yeah, sure. Do they have any of the aquamarine like inlay or? Do they share the ore similarity? Yeah. Like they're all heirlooms made of the ore, and it's 
where we got them. Would it be obvious to a random person that that's what these are? Would people know what that is? Roll an investigation check, Ella. Investigation, that's 10. Yours are inlaid with some flecks of stone. You can't be certain that that's what it is, but it sort of looks like maybe like there's there's flecks of it woven throughout, you know, and like inlaid throughout. Hmm. Pretty cool. At this point, Addie walks back into the room. Wide-eyed, she looks down and says, wow, it's a pretty good hole. Yeah, it's, uh, where did you get these from? You Did they come out of that secret library door? I don't No, we got these earlier. I got a whistle. A whistle? Oh, that's neat. Can I see? I love music. And she blows into the whistle and you all hear nothing. She looks down and says, I don't know, but it's cool, I guess. Seems kind of weird to be uh, sneaking around the observatory late at night carrying boxes with a whistle in it. Like, I don't get it. She hands it back to you and puts it in your hand. Says the person in Tamlin's quarters investigating what was behind a painting. And wielding a poisoned short sword. It's a very nice whistle. No, absolutely. All of that's very strange. I mean, but I wasn't carrying boxes of... The coolest whistle you ever wh- seen. What do they call it? Bric-a-brac? Don't turn this on us. Are, are we trying and to gaslight why? her? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally bric-a-brac. You ever heard that term? It's like, you know, tchotchkes. It's antiques. Look, we went antiquing. Everyone has a hobby. Were you able to get into the safe behind the painting? Well, I would have been if you hadn't interrupted me. Why were you trying to get behind the painting to the safe? Okay, fine. Um, how do we do this? You have information I think I want. I don't know. I'd like to know what you guys were doing there. You first. Me first. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> you know, generally speaking, whenever uh, there's a group of people that got you to death's door and then decided to keep you alive, it's just kind of the thing you do. You give them the information so they don't kick the shit out of you again. And especially when you brought one of them to Death's Door. So you're threatening to kick the shit out of me again if I don't tell you? I'm not not threatening it. Yeah, all right. I mean, we don't want to, but... Well, what did we say? It was Plan B? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plan B. We trust you as far as we can kill you. Yeah. See, you know, it's things like that. See, that's the thing. Well... Like, I think we're getting on, and then all of a sudden, you know, you go and say something like that, and it really... That's why I'm not generally in charge of saying things, but you stabbed me. So, right now, I think I... Yeah, well, you, uh, you hit me. Mmm, I tried to talk to you, actually, and you decided not to respond. You wanted me to stop. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. not gonna happen. Uh, I, I'm... What would you do if you were in my situation? So I was like, oh, stop, let's talk this out. I don't think you'd just be sitting there waiting. Yeah, but I have religious trauma in my background, so like that's it's not the same. We've all got trauma, friend. Do we? We've <laughs> all got trauma. That's nothing. Let's put it this way. We don't need to kick the shit out of you. Just tell us what you were doing in the office and why, or one of us will run off and grab Tamlin, mm-hmm. and we'll let her know that we found you in yeah. her office. Okay. With all of these knickknacks that you stole from that bunker down there. Yeah. And we'll let her know that you were stealing things from a secret bunker in her oh, office. Cool. Yeah, no, that'll, you know, that'd be devastating. I, I, I facepalm because that is not going to work. I'm going to go ahead and say, I don't give a shit what you're doing in the office. I want to go find Godot. You know where he's at? His chambers are connected to where his office is, on the third floor, actually, um, right across the balcony from where we were standing. And he hasn't come out since. I tried to get him to open up, but uh, whatever happened out there, it got him shook up. So, Do you think he's in league with Tamlin in any sort of side business of sorts? We haven't established what you think 
Hamlin is up to. I, right. I mean... In league, for what end? It sounds like you know more than I know, and yet you're questioning me. Well, yeah, that's usually how that works. We're, we hold power in this situation. All right, then how do we trade? How do we parlay here? What, do you, what is it you want from me? Just where Godot is? It's probably in his office. I don't know. It's early. He likes to get a head start on the day. Eleanor, can you negotiate for us? Because I can't. I want to <laughs> burst. I'm just like, I want to say everything. And I'm just, I'm trying really hard to manage it for everyone else's sake. I this understand. Time. Yeah. Time, um, you know? I think we honestly just are curious if you... Like, like, just we just really want to know why you were in there because we had suspicions on Tamlin, and we might just be on the same side. So we just want to confirm why you were also sneaking around. Uh, give me a persuasion check. That is a nineteen. She softens a little bit. The uh, tough, pushy tactic wasn't really working very well, and you're in. Your decision to go a little softer, you see her shoulders relax. She's like drying herself off after her bath. And she says, all right, look, I was talking to Farah, and I've been trying to get information about what happened to my dad for a very long time. And no one wants to talk about it because we don't like to talk about the past. We don't like to talk about things. You know this. I know she's got something on him in there. I know she's got records. I know she's got something. And with everything that's going on right now, I just, I thought I could use it to my advantage. And Farrah told me about the safe. So I was going to break in there and there was nothing on the bookshelf, of course. And so I was going to try to break in there and see what, I don't know, what secret she's keeping. I don't know. I feel like he's still alive. I don't know. It's just a feeling, but. Who's your father? He's a member of Scout, actually. His name was Curvis. Well, that's actually a huge relief. So there was a brief moment where I thought maybe we were related. And that just weirded me the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> she, she blushes a little bit and she says, oh, um, no. You thought you had these jeans? No, that's <laughs> friend, sorry. Ella laughs with Addie. I'm flattered, but, uh, you know, you'd be, you'd be marrying up, as they say. <laughs> I actually... I might have some information on him. You know, what happened to my dad? I'd like to know more. He, uh, he was good friends of my parents. You rummage through the files and you find the relevant information on her father and hand it over to her? Yeah, I'll just give it to her. She takes a deep breath. She's like, oh, I need to sit down. And she sits down and she's like reading through it. What are the rest of you doing? While they're talking, I'd be idly just kind of playing with the, the whistle. Oh, wait, I have a question. Yes, please. I've been wanting to play my character, but it hasn't come up, uh, to be, like, really cool with animals. <laughs> As a ranger, <laughs> literally no animals ever show up. Um, but I wanted to see if I could, if I would hear that whistle and think of it as, like, an animal calling, like, whistle, like, like a high-pitched thing or anything. When you heard it, it didn't remind you of that. Um, maybe, maybe very faintly, right? Like it would have reminded you of something you had used or heard when you were younger. But it was like not piercing like that, okay. right? It was pleasant. When she blew on it, you heard nothing. Okay. It made no sound. 
There was something magical in every single one of these boxes, correct? Oh, yes. So I know there's something magical to this. Mm -hmm. I'd be trying to figure out what that is. Do you blow on the whistle again? I'll try again, yeah. Everyone hears the same thing. Um, like a kid with a recorder, I'd blow into the other end as well, see if that <laughs> Yeah, sure, you're playing around with it. Addie's reading through these things, and she looks up and notices that you are blowing on this whistle, and she's like, I think you might be doing it wrong. It's not making any noise. It, maybe you need to turn it around. I don't know. That doesn't seem to be working either. So you Did can't, you break you, it? You can't hear this? No, it's not making it. just... We couldn't hear it when... Maybe I couldn't hear it when you blew into it. I thought you were doing it wrong. No, it totally made a sound when I blew it's into it. It's making a sound right now for it. me. Are you trying to accuse me of breaking it? I did not no, break no, your no, whistle. No, no, no. It's making a sound for me right now. She grabs it from you and puts it up to her mouth and she blows on it. And she's like, it's making a sound. It sounds beautiful, I guess. It's I don't know. It's silent. just one note. What are you supposed to do with a one it, note flute? Is it silent And for, it's just completely silent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, nothing. Weird. Does Walker hear it as well when I blow into it? Mm -hmm. Oh, I do hear it. We all hear? Yeah, you so all hear So we it. all hear it. It's just, just one not note. whenever she does it. Oh. Well, when she does it, it's silent. But when Leo does it, you hear it. And she couldn't hear it when I blew into it. I think you're really bad at this, Addy. That's actually really neat if it's what I think it is. Walker, will you blow into it? Yeah, and I'll uh, blow into it as well. Everyone in the room hears it. Including Addy? Mm-hmm. Everyone, including Addy. Okay. I, I heard it that time. I don't know. I, I think it's just Metal Mouth over here. It's it's hard. You know, music's hard. Metal Mouth? Are you really calling our friend Leo Metal Mouth? Oh, yeah. is that offensive? I'm so sorry. I don't Not know at all. your it's customs. Are you sure? Very accurate. All right. You get one <laughs> pass to call her gills, and then we're even. <laughs> all right. I want to try. <laughs> yeah. And I'll hand it back. Ella blows into it, and uh, you all hear it, but Addy doesn't. Hmm. F takes it and I hold it like four inches away from my face and I try to whistle into it from a distance. Like just. <laughs> you hear the faintest of notes kind of like come from it as he's holding it really far from his mouth. You know, I don't know if he's trying to like, doesn't want to get germs or, or what. Blows into the whistle and you all hear something and Addy's like, well, that's definitely not how you play it. I can't hear shit. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it's what it's meant for, but it seems like, I don't know allies can hear it people that you trust people that trust you roll an insight check walker natural 20 wow for a total of 21 there's a look on her face as you say that and she gathers the papers and excuses herself she's like uh, -uh. i'm sorry i need to i need to focus on this i'm also exhausted i'm gonna get some rest help yourself to whatever you need and she stops at the door and looks back and says, thank you. Of course, but uh, I don't think any of this is close to over, so. No. Without giving too much away, I think some shit's about to hit the fan. Some things might come out about us. I want you to know they're not true. And I'm hoping that if the time comes, maybe we have an ally in you. She lingers, nods her head, and turns and goes into her bedroom, closing a curtain behind her. I nod back. I turn to everybody and I go, you know, sweet girl, but I just don't think it's going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the big thing that we have to do now is, A, we have to take a rest. B, we either need to make a decision to go back to Scout to try to find Godot in the morning, which doesn't seem like it's going to go well. I feel like Godot is our only real, like, tangible possible high-powered ally here. 
Well, I think we've already found out that, that the girls that we fought earlier in the fight with Godot are kind of vaguely on our team. Farah is like in love with Tamlin. I don't know if I trust her to like turn on Tamlin in any way. I, I think I think the meta point that I'm trying to make while we're table talking is that I feel like if we can count on a group of four people, it's probably the girls, which is also why I was trying to like play into unmasking before we got into the fight and I like absolutely got murdered. Um, but I feel like what we have yeah. to do next is we have to make a decision and proceed to either go find Godot or confront the council in whatever public denouncement ceremony that I'm sure they're going to do. Maybe we uh, ask Addie. I mean, we can give away as much as we feel like we want to, but to gather the girls, basically. Yeah. And right. then go to Godot and see if Godot has any idea of what he thinks we should do next. Because, like... Walker's one more bad day away from just burn it all down, I think. So, Leslie, what do you think? I don't think our meeting with Godot will be like a bad meeting, like a confrontation or fight or anything. Like, he wanted us to figure out what was going on, and then the council like turned on us. So, I, I should clarify I don't think that going to go meet him is going to be a bad thing. I think that we are walking into a trap to go find him basically yeah. i don't think that he's the trap i think that everyone else surrounding is the trap what if we use the possible allies we have in the girls and see if they can go get godot and bring him to us at a separate location that because i mean there, no one else would have any reason to expect them to be working with us at this point so if they just went and they're like hey godot uh, we really need your help with something. Come with us. And then brought him back to the house that we're at. Do we have a token that we could send with? Because I would send a token with that would signify that it's us. It could be a red rock, rock probably. What about yeah. just one of the pebbles? Uh, there we go. <laughs> one of the imbued rocks with them. So Godot, like as a kind of a code for Godot that right. we need to talk. We um, can also write a note. With Yeah, with a note. I was just saying as yeah. proof in okay. addition. Like a, I see. Yeah, yeah. Girl proof note. <laughs> My suggestion is, I mean, I've been hella dodgy with Addy, but uh, if Godot comes, we just, we put it all out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we test, we test first with yeah, the whistle. Yeah, test first. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's send the girls to get Godot, bring him to us. We'll test it out with the friend whistle and that'll tell us Godot or if any of the girls aren't trustworthy. Or don't view don't us trust as allies. Us, at least, are we, we going to try to yeah. send Eddie, Addie in the night to go do this? I mean, it's early, early morning right now, right? Well, right yeah, it yeah, is. So, like, like the city's going to be awake. She even yeah. mentioned that Guido was probably getting an early start. You know, that's how he likes. So yeah, to I'd do. say we take a short rest. Send Addie like sooner than later. Um, so it seems like she's just going to Guido's office at a normal early morning office hour for a normal office thing. Yeah. yeah. So it because in the middle of the night will seem suspicious, but daytime it's like I'm sure he gets visitors to his office. I'm sure he goes to check on things throughout the day, so it wouldn't be suspicious if a random scout that he's known to work with on projects visits. Ooh, and then we give her the eyeglass. Ooh, yeah. What did the eyeglass do again? Yeah, that way we can watch. It's like dual perspective. So if I'm wearing one and you're wearing one, I can see what you're seeing and you can see yeah. what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah, we could send her with an eyeglass yeah. and. Did, but she doesn't know that, does she? 
No, but she would know at the moment that she put it on. So, oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Let's send her just with the eyeglass to gather the rest of the girls, get Godot, bring him back here under some other pretense, but you know, keep it secret that that it's for us. Whenever he gets here, we'll test with the flute. And she'll then, have a rock. Yeah, she'll have a rock. <laughs> okay, and <laughs> and then if we <laughs> if we can trust, then we yeah. just spill all the beans and we ask for what Godot thinks we should do. Yeah. All right. Does everyone agree to this? I'm yes. In. Hands in, right? I'm hoping Addy will just be cool with doing this for Leslie? us. And break. Break. <laughs> so, like she might want something in return. Are you guys trying to like be hush hush this whole time? Like talking to your breath? I think yeah, I think yeah, we I think were so. planning on bringing Addy into the fold anyway with this plan. Yeah, that's true. We'd probably not entirely keep it quiet. A pretty good perception check. Um you guys all put your hands in, look at one another, that moment of solidarity, and then one more hand goes in. <laughs> yes. <Aww>. Nice. <laughs> just, you know, it's really a thing of beauty seeing you guys work as a team. I mean, I think this is what Godot saw in you, honestly. Thank you. Were you there the whole time? Well, that makes uh, it easier know, I, than us like explaining I, the plan if you heard it. <laughs> I mean, I caught the gist of it. You want me to go get Godot, bring him back. You want to use that thing to see if he's a friend and then uh, maybe figure out how to unfuck yourselves? Is that basically the situation? Yeah, fuck everybody else, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. Everybody I mean, that like, deserves fucking. Everybody I, deserves fucking. Yeah. Let's be real. I think. <laughs> that was maybe table talking. <laughs> <laughs> Leo. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think there's like a lot more there to it. Like if you think about the complexity of the whole thing, like we're trying to save like Ellen Ill and her father's relationship. And there's like a decent amount where like, I don't know, I feel like we're trying to improve humanity for the better and slash the lives of all the people who live here in Vesper, Vespermanity, if you want to put it that I way. Think, um, I think that's to so, on the scope of this plan right now. We're just I trying think, to get, we're trying to, we're trying to get this Godot This is all here. part of the plan though. Like we need Godot to unfuck us. <laughs> Godot... Well, <laughs> okay. Look, on the bright side, if it all goes to shit and he's on our side, we saw what he did to Leo. It's true. So and cool. if he's not on our side, he eats our brains and we lose. <laughs> yeah, but I have a feeling that that was going to happen anyways. Yeah, okay. Fair point. Me too. I'm sure he feels bad about what he did to Leo. And that's why he, partially why he locked himself away. So as long as we, whenever he sees us, if he comes back, we just... I forgive it, him. Totally let him know. Hush, hush on the brains. Okay. Hush, hush on the... Yeah. No more brains. The uh, yeah. purple noodles. He is very offended by that. I can't promise I won't think it, but I'll... Okay, I'll just make sure you're both not holding the stone. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now we're okay. <laughs> right. Yes, yeah. No, you don't get it, the stone. Sorry. <laughs> so Addy takes the eyeglass or is she just taking the stone and a note or a message? Not even a note. I think just the eyeglass, eyeglass just the pebble, the and the note. Yeah. yeah. The imbued pebble, but not one of the thinky stones. Okay, got it. Addie comes out fully dressed. She's got her leather armor back on. She's no longer wearing her thieves' clothes. Um, one of the reasons that she was so squishy earlier is clearly because she was not ready for that kind of fight. She thought she would be in and out. No one would be the wiser. She's bracing herself for the worst if Tamlin has found her office already. She takes a deep breath and says, 
hope this fucking works. And also, I really hope no one questions why I'm wearing a fucking monocle. And she sticks it up to her eye. It's just, it's just really weird. I, I'm going to have to see all of you while I'm also seeing everything else that I'm doing. So If I go to the bathroom, I'll make sure to take it off. No weird shit, all right? If you fuck with my stuff, I'm going to know. You realize that, right? Yeah. Well, only if whoever's wearing it. Yeah, we'll just be careful about where we look. Okay. And she looks at you, Walker, and says, again, thanks. I didn't get all the answers that I needed, but is enough to give me some hope. Hey, I'm hoping to find him too. Yeah, turns out we have a lot more in common than I guess either of us realized. Okay, but also this is a kind of a time-sensitive situation. Yeah. Yeah, if you could get a move on, I would really (laughs) appreciate it. All right, seriously, don't fuck with my shit. She turns and leaves. As soon as she leaves, I turn around and go, "Uh, she's basically my little sister, I guess, so fuck with her shit. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) F took a lot of damage, so we're probably going to want to eat all those cheese wheels. And yeah, she said help yourself, so you, you, you are helping yourself to her stockpile of slick and apples and whatever else she has. You take a short rest, I assume? Yes, take a short rest. Go ahead. We'll do that now. I am very eager to read up on Alvi. Anything that I don't know about him. Anything that you don't know. That, that could be a very, very lot. Yeah. <laughs> Any of his interactions... With the outside world, um, if there was like a regular commerce happening or a regular communication happening that seemed to be outside of the like official structure of the Church of the Second Wave, like right. something extracurricular, like uh, any organizations that he was a part of or... Okay. What you discover about Alvi is that his brother... Hmm? Brother? Went to work for the Dwellers. They only met in secret at um, a place called the Knight's Keep in like a little back room and they would play chess. Knights as in K and I or? Mm -hmm. It's assumed that they would play chess because people go to the Knight's Keep to play chess. But they would go in, they would go into a back room, have conversations in secrets and then leave and were observed doing that several times. Okay. What else? Is there any indication of who Leo, as a family member of Alvi, was? Before Alvi's parents died, his mother was pregnant. And Alvi remembers her wanting to name the baby Leo. Oh, that's heartbreaking. There we go. Ella. Uh, Ella looks at the file and sees her dad's name and kind of about her and... I mean, she doesn't have any siblings, so there's no one to look at there, but she does wonder about her mom. So she looks for the name uh, Fela anywhere in the folder to see what happened to her. Yeah, your, your mother uh, comes up many times, especially in relation to your father, his obsession with tracking her down, with finding her, so much so that he would have done anything. And eventually, as time went on, it seemed like he lost hope, stopped asking questions, stopped digging. Your mother was an important member of the Scouts, and she was one of the most adamant members to voice the need to venture beyond the island's bridge into the wilds, into the city beyond, because she cared about the history. The real mystery about your mother is that there's no record of her family from inside the city, no record of her parents, anyone. It's almost if she wasn't born here. I also look for if there's any information on the heirloom that I carry with me. Yeah, as you suspected already, that artifact belonged to your mother. 
it would be noted in their whereabouts, question mark, presumed to be lost when she left. Um, is that good? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'm still working on what, what it looks like exactly, but I'm picturing like a brooch or a, a, okay. a pendant or something. Cool. Walker. I think the only file I have left, because I, I took the files, or uh, I would have taken like a page of the file for the Omaran family. <laughs> but I think between the Omaran file and the uh, Curvis file, I would just try and see... I know that they're a part of the scouts and they, I think we had established that they had had missions beyond the wall. Mm-hmm. I would try and gather where they may have been going, what they may have found. If maybe there's a place out there that I could deduce is a possible starting point to look for Curvis. Mm-hmm. They were close friends with Ella's mother. They were all part of the same class. And it is believed that they left with her beyond the wall when she left the island. They snuck out. None of them came back. Curvis was left behind. He was a little bit older and not from your clan. Curvis, I think we established, was from the survivors that made their way to Vesper, not from your village. Right, right. So you might surmise that he was hurt by them leaving since they were close as well. He was your godfather after all. No indication of where... Curvis might be or where to start looking. So something that's noted in here that is deeply important to putting this mystery together, at least according to whoever's keeping records, which I should say are impartial, right? They're written, very matter of fact. One piece of information that is important and missing is that Curvis was a noted keeper of information, noted surveyor. It's called the observatory for a reason. And Curvis was deeply passionate about geological survey and and record keeping in terms of what was where and what might be out there. And he actually debriefed anyone who went out into the field and collected, you know, what you might call telemetry data. He was notedly just obsessive about this stuff. He was compiling this data to try to make sense of it about what was actually in the world without leaving because he felt it was dangerous to leave. And that was never recovered. And it's not known if he took that with him or if he left it behind. But those who knew how detailed he was uh, in his note-taking would, would want that information to be very valuable to anyone who had it. Because it would tell you a lot about what's beyond the island. Yeah. I'm, I'm piecing stuff together in my head. I'm trying. Okay. All right. Let's wrap up with F. The only thing you managed to get out of this, other than a new pair of monocles, <laughs> <laughs> is a folder of what seemed to be prophecies. Maybe every prophecy ever recorded by the future? I open up the book and I think I'm flipping through and I'm trying to understand um, the various texts and how they're written and kind of impart the the experience of what's gone on with the future previously and, and trying to take in this sort of ceremonial aspect in which these prophecies have been kind of extracted from people and then put into this document and and been stated that they're false, right? Because the documentation and kind of the notation here is like, all this is bullshit. Um, I think the future is very skeptical of that reading from a humanistic standpoint. And like, they're, they're looking at this as there's no way that any of these experiences, that through all of these experiences, rather, that there isn't one that's like close to right. And so they're they're peeling through trying to find something that they can recognize first and foremost.
you're so focused on this task that you might forget about the monocle, forget to check on how Addy's doing because you don't find one or two, you find three prophecies that have to mean something to you. The first says, we saw in the stars an elven child of golden hair with the power to cure wounds at the touch of their hand. And then you're reading, you're digging deeper, and you say another that says, we saw in the stars a party of four led by a divine healer whose arrows would slay innocent blood. <laughs> and finally, we saw in the stars a meddling father whose daughter will summon the final wave. And then there's a knock at the door. trusted friend or your sworn ally now it's the harshest mistress of all and life is just a chain a moment spent a thousand hellos and goodbyes the shift and pull of the tides never Party is Mathar DeLeon as the DM, PJ Heller as Leo Feldman, Leslie Ray as Ellen L. Valen, Joshua Ramsey as Walker Omeron, and Crossland Shaw as F, aka The Future. The show is a production of Atomic Pylon Media. Our intro theme was composed by Mathar. This episode was mixed by Jeremy Tuttle and was edited by PJ and Mathar with a little help from Cross. Our cover art was illustrated by Leslie Ray. You can support the show by following at Catacomb Party on Instagram and Twitter and on your favorite podcast platform so that you never, ever miss an episode. Also, why not leave us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify? It helps a ton with reaching more listeners like yourself. If you want to contribute to our growing list of potential magic items that I'll use in the show, you can do that on Discord, and the link is in the description. We are closer than ever to the first season finale, and I am so excited for you all to hear it, but we need help because we're trying to build the listener base. And if you are loving the show and would tell someone about it, text message, a DM on Instagram or Twitter, if you're a part of a Discord community, seriously, any little bit helps. Thank you as always for supporting us and uh, we love you. Now get out.
Why did you make me the main character of a fucking campaign? Slays innocent blood. I don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, every good hero's journey has a hero who doesn't want it. Right? I don't want to <laughs> throw it off. Who said it was you? <laughs> You're right. Walker's actually a natural blonde, so. Oh. <laughs> 